And welcome back to Bench Busted Season 2 with me as always and Jack. How are you doing this week, Jack? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been a while since we since we actually recorded the podcast. You know, we missed one last week and there's been quite a bit of footballing happening in uh, over the last uh, week or so. So we've got a lot to catch up on, but we don't have a lot of time as I know that you're busy today. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can get into the nitty gritty of it. Hopefully we won't spend too long talking about the midweek fixtures in Game Week 17. But uh, I know that COVID has, of course, reared its ugly head once again and, and caused a lot of managers to almost tear their hair out, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. As you say, it's, it's crunch time at Christmas and, and work is busy. But God, you said there's a lot of football happening. I think a lot of football's being cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if more football was happening. Um, this, yeah, we haven't recorded in two weeks. The, the main headlines, and we'll, we'll talk about what's actually going on in a second and, and what, how it's affected us. Games are getting cancelled left, right and centre. I think the snow off happened before we did our last podcast. But since then, COVID has cancelled games all over the place. Um, I feel sorry for some poor Watford fans who would have started travelling to Burnley yesterday before finding out that their game was cancelled a couple of hours before kickoff. Total shambles. Not just that game, though. Loads of games are getting cancelled. Loads of teams are getting COVID cases. Um, everyone is is struggling in FPL and everyone feels like they're having bad weeks. I've taken a minus eight and a minus four consecutively because my team is just not playing football and it really should be. On top of that, there's sending offs that are affecting us and a load of players that are going under the radar. It is chaos. It is absolutely chaos. Personally, I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I don't really like the chaos so much. Um, I don't know if you can always climb when, when, you can't really predict what's going to happen. But uh, I know people say that chaos is a ladder in the climate. Personally, I'm not a fan, although I'm starting to feel all right about it because my rank has tanked so much that I can't possibly feel any other way. How's it affected you, Jack? I know that you're quite high in the rankings going into these sort of the last couple of weeks. Have you been hurt a lot by the sort of the news, the cancellations? We'll talk a bit more about which teams specifically are, are, are ruining our weeks in a second. How's it affected you generally? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, you know, if we had recorded an episode last week, then I would definitely have been in a better mood than I am in today. Obviously, uh, last week, I think before the weekend fixtures and the midweek fixtures this week, I was sitting pretty at something like 17k, which is insane for me. It's the highest rank I've ever been in FPL, I believe. And yeah, over the last couple of weeks, you know, I mean, the the weekend fixtures didn't go too well. Uh, and certainly this week, as you say, with all of the COVID cancellations, I mean, that that Burnley-Watford game was, you know, called off out of nowhere. I think that, you know, we obviously understood that the United versus Brentford game was going to be postponed. Um, some of us uh, making transfers before we knew that that game was going to be called off. Oh, bad form, Jack. Bad form. <laughs> but I think, yeah, certainly that Burnley-Watford game took, I think, a lot of people by surprise, namely because a lot of people have either uh, Emmanuel Dennis or Josh King in their lineups at the moment. And, yeah, I don't know, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, I took a minus eight going into the midweek fixtures. I wanted to get rid of the strikers in my team and I subsequently bought in two strikers who were then not going to be playing games. So 
you know, I, I took a minus four and then on top of that, I, I made an additional transfer again to actually try to field what I thought would be a, a full starting 11. I mean, there's players being rested as well. You know, both you and I own Vincente Guaita and for whatever reason, he was rested against Southampton. I mean, Palace conceded two goals and, you know, it's it's whatever. And, you know, he wouldn't have picked up that many points anyway. But it's still just another not having another player in your team play, and it does sort of throw throw into the ring that sort of air of rotation risk now with Vincente Guaita. Although I do think that maybe he was just perhaps given a rest, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, you know, I think you and I both have the same amount of players left to play. Of course, recording this whilst the uh, midweek fixtures are still happening, so we still do have a few players left, and I think. What we're all just hoping for now is that the Liverpool versus Newcastle game that is happening later on this evening doesn't get called off because if it does, I think, you know, a lot of FPL managers will feel the effect of it. I mean, currently my captain's armband is on Mo Salah because why wouldn't it be at home to Newcastle? And my vice captain's armband is on Bernardo Silva. So if that game was to get called off for whatever reason, if there's a COVID outbreak that we haven't heard of, um, then, you know, I'll just be getting one point doubling into two points from Bernardo Silva. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely been a roller coaster over the last uh, few weeks or so. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. There are plenty of cancellations. I think the big teams that are being hit with COVID are Spurs, although Spurs seem to be on the way back to recovering now. Um, and their game against Leicester isn't being called off this evening, as far as I'm aware at the moment, regarding sort of news. Um, Brendan Rogers not happy about that because Leicester have a lot of injury and COVID problems, which um, could be the result of them having to travel a lot uh, on sort of weird midweek days. Um, Norwich seem to be trying to get their game against West Ham at the weekend postponed. They seem to have a lot of COVID issues and injury issues yet again. Everton just have injury issues. So the Chelsea-Everton game this evening should go ahead, although I don't think they've got a... No, it's Leicester. Leicester don't have a single centre-back, sorry. And United... People are saying that the United game is potentially going to get called off at the weekend because it's just simply too soon since the Brentford game for the, and the COVID cases at the United camp are rising. So those are the teams to keep an eye on. Oh, and of course, Watford, although there's no news that's come out about Watford. Um, generally speaking, though, I've seen some stuff this morning, and I don't know how legitimate it is, where, the, where I'm seeing that the Premier League are considering a circuit breaker again, uh, a 14 days no no games sort of circuit breaker. And you know what, Jack? I think that'd be brilliant because it would obviously in the wider scale of things sort out the issues that are emerging because of COVID. But from a purely FPL perspective, it would give us all those free transfers. Do you remember when, when COVID first hit and the game weeks just kept rolling, even though all the games were postponed, it would give us the opportunity to sort of fix our teams with a mini wildcard without, without it being a mini wildcard. It'd be brilliant. We could get rid of... Guaita, who we haven't spoken about, but he hasn't kept a single clean sheet since we. I think we both got him in at the same time. Not a single clean sheet. He's just consistently been poor. His stats are that he's conceding more goals than he should. And Crystal Palace are a perpetual disappointment. I'm actually really angry about Crystal Palace. Of course, they, I believe, play Watford this weekend. So that game could even just end up getting called off if Watford can't sort out their COVID cases. It's a bit of a disaster. It's a bit of a disaster. And personally, I'd be a big fan for, for a little circuit breaker. It would solve a lot of the actual problems with COVID, but it would also give us a little bit of a, a mini break, uh, the opportunity to, to get in some players. Because personally, I've my transfers have been complete disasters. Um, the headlines from my team, and I'll tell you how my team have done, and I'm going to ask you how you have done, are that I took 
two big hits to get rid of my Spurs players when I realised their game was going to get cancelled and that the Leicester game looked like it was going to get cancelled as well. So I got rid of Regulon. I got rid of Son when I was feeling pretty good about my team, to be honest. And I brought in Dallow and Sancho for a minus eight, who combined scored eight points. So great. <laughs> totally, totally worth it. And have subsequently after that then taken even more hits to get rid of Sancho because of the United game being postponed and the fact that he doesn't actually seem to play games. He plays 60 minutes. I just followed Magnus Carlsen's idea. You know? <laughs> um, I got rid of him and I got rid of Jimenez as well because both of you, both of us have had the same problem with Jimenez where um, the Jimenez erection sort of immediately and very abruptly stopped in their game against Man City when he got two yellow cards in the space of like 20 seconds um, and got sent off. So I was like, this is it. The end of the Jimenez erection. And I brought in Ollie Watkins who ended up getting golden assist the other night, which is probably going to propel me to a big green arrow this week. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling I'm feeling hurt. And I've brought in Mason Mount as well for the Everton game. So my team's in a shambles. My transfers are all over the place. There's so many things I want to do. I've barely even touched the surface, Jack. How are you getting on? I know that you've also had similar issues. Do you want to go through sort of the last couple of weeks, how, you, how you're feeling, like what transfers you're making, what your thoughts are? Yeah, I mean, in a similar vein to you, you know, last week, uh, with the Spurs game being called off, I did make a transfer to my team. I was tempted to to make a couple more, but um, I didn't do it. Um, I wanted to try and at least, you know, go into this week or the midweek fixtures, you know, knowing that I could comfortably take a minus four and still be in an okay position. But I did get rid of Son and bring in Mason Mount, which was effectively a good move. Um, Bernardo Silva's been fantastic over the last couple of weeks for me. Um, you know, the defence, I don't know what's going on with the with the Chelsea defence at the moment, but obviously you and I both have Rhys James, who, I mean, certainly over the last, uh, well, obviously he didn't play against Watford, but over the last couple of weeks has scored zero points for us. So I think Chelsea can sort their defence out relatively quickly. I think what we're seeing is the effect of N'Golo Kante not being in the side. You know, a lot of people seem to underplay the importance of N'Golo Kante in that side. But I think we're seeing the effects of it now because, you know, the amount of ground that he covers uh, from game to game. I know that he was obviously on the bench. Well, I think he's going to be on the bench in, in the Everton game. But, you know, he is very important for that side and hopefully he can come back to full fitness fairly soon. But again, yeah, as I say, Jimenez getting sent off was disappointing. I think, you know, Jota not starting and then coming off the bench blocked Ben White coming off the bench with his six points, which would have been nice. This week, though, as I as I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, you know, I met up with a friend um, over the weekend for a couple of days and had a few drinks on Sunday. I'm not even going to, you know, beat around the bush here, but I did make some impulsive transfers after the Palace versus Everton game. And, and those two transfers were to sort out my striking partnership because I, of course, had Callum Wilson, and Raul Jimenez, obviously, as I say, Jimenez got sent off and, you know, Newcastle were effectively coming up against, uh, well, they've got Liverpool this weekend and they play City and United. So they're not favourable fixtures and I don't back Callum Wilson to score unless it's from the penalty spot in, in any of those games. So, of course, I had to sort out that issue. And of course, as I say, I impulsively bought in uh, Emmanuel Dennis and Cristiano Ronaldo. And, I mean, I bought in Ronaldo 20 minutes or so before the news about a potential COVID outbreak in the Man United camp was, uh, you know, announced and I was sort of kicking myself for not being patient. And then, yeah, you know, when the game against Brentford did get confirmed to be uh, postponed, then I subsequently took another hit to get rid of Ronaldo and bring in Antonio. Antonio, who, I mean, look, in hindsight, 
probably should have picked the likes of Ollie Watkins. You know, playing against Norwich is you you always want to target players who are playing against the lesser teams, shall we say? Um, but it just didn't work out for me. I mean, he was playing Arsenal. You know, Arsenal have been fantastic defensively, and again, Antonio, as he has done over like the last God knows how many game weeks, still not scoring a goal. Um, he started the season on on fine form. He got one assist in like the last eight games or whatever it is. So. It's not looking good. I did bring him in, though, for sort of juicy-looking run of fixtures that West Ham do have over the horizon. But West Ham, that West Ham side going through a bit of a blip at the moment. Um, of course, no longer in the top four in the Premier League. But, yeah, you know, I took a minus eight this week. The postponements, Guaita not playing. You know, Bernardo Silva getting subbed off at halftime in, in City's 7-0 victory over Leeds is annoying as hell. Um, you know, he missed quite a few opportunities in that first half to, to get us some points returns but hey ho we move on you know I'm currently sat on 11 points with the minus eight so effectively only on three points I do have five players left to play three from Liverpool two from Chelsea uh, for this evening's games but you know we, we don't know any news about any postponements hopefully those games will go ahead and hopefully the boys can can pick me up some points and I'm really hoping for some Mason Mount points because I think at my rank at the moment he is certainly the most differential player in my in my side so hopefully Mason Mount can do the business uh, at home against Everton. I think we actually have the same players left um, which does confirm that I've beaten you this week <laughs> unless no no I've beaten you this week I was going to say unless vice captains do a weird thing but my vice captain's Mason Mount so unless he gets a minus eight or something um, and Salah doesn't play I think we're okay it's it's tricky isn't it it's just a tricky one there's 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 even more news on top of this and it's all COVID related where I've been seeing a lot of stuff especially this the last few days about AFCON being potentially I was going to say deleted <laughs> <laughs> it's not deleted. They're not deleting AFCOM um, being postponed indefinitely. There's a lot of pressure because um, COVID protocols are looking a bit lax, apparently, according to clubs. And there's a potentially a civil war going on in Cameroon at the moment, which is where the tournament's going to be held, which is starting to worry people. I know that um, Klopp has come out and said that Matip will not be going, which is strange. That must have been a quote taken in isolation, but I definitely saw that about. What it does mean is it means that we may not have to make a Salah exit plan, as it were, um, which is something we were thinking about, although the likes of De Bruyne do look good, and we'll go back to that in a second. And it may mean that the jotters of this world have to make moves. I mean, I'm already really upset about the fact that I went from Robertson and... Yeah, I went from Robertson and Rafinha to, to Jota and not Robertson, because Robertson has outscored Jota quite comfortably over the last few weeks. And um, it's a real shame. It's a real shame that that I didn't stick to my guns on that. I clearly wasn't taking FPL seriously, Jack, I'll tell you that. But Jota, yeah, he may be someone that we have to look to move. And, and again, like if there is a circuit breaker, it could be quite helpful with that. As for Salah, obviously he's looking like the only premium that's worth worth the money at the moment with Ronaldo being injured, potentially not injured, being out because of COVID and postponements. Um, with with Lukaku not looking like he can play a full game. Someone has emerged though, Jack. A player has emerged from the darkness who now looks like he might be a good option. The evening before, yesterday evening, Man City beat Leeds 7-0. And as part of that, Kevin De Bruyne turned up and showed everyone that he could play football again and reminded everyone that he's still a pick in fantasy football. And um, up until that point, 
I've been trying to think, like, what, what do you do when Salah goes to AFCON? Do you get Bruno Fernandes? Probably not. Do you make moves to get a striker? No, the answer was very clear after that game. It was that Kevin De Bruyne would be the pick if, if it ever came to it. And um, gosh, that is probably the only game we're going to talk about because it's still in recent memory and it highlighted a lot of things. Bernardo obviously went off after 45 minutes. Um, but apart from him and Fernandinho, every single Man City player got a return. And... I don't know. I, I thought they were awesome. I thought they showed that they have a level of quality that I don't think Chelsea have. I think Chelsea are organised and they know what they're doing, but they don't have the sort of quality that Man City were oozing the other night. And I and I think Liverpool are more of a violent scoring team, but they don't have that quality on the ball. There's something particular about Man City. They absolutely dismantled Leeds. It was so easy for them. Foden got a bunch of points. Grealish scored. Um, Gundogan came off the bench and got assists uh, and as I said Kevin De Bruyne ran the show and showed everyone that he just has such a powerful shot like an effortlessly powerful banger I don't know if you caught it too much Jack I know that you were a bit upset about Bernardo Silva but what were your thoughts and, and do you think that there could be an emerging like a Man City prim, like a Kevin De Bruyne do you think you could ever get Kevin De Bruyne in your team? I, I think it's a possibility. I think um, certainly my team in the way that it's set up and certainly my team value, there is scope for me to, you know, not have Ronaldo in the team, maybe go cheaper on the Man United attacking asset. Um, certainly, you know, with the fixture running, I think a lot of people want to try and target at least one Manchester United attacking asset. Um, I think doubling up on City attackers, uh, you know, tripling up as a whole. You know, I think a lot of FPL managers do have Cancelo and sort of bore the brunt of Cancelo being, uh, you know, suspended for this game. I think it was obviously annoying. Um, it's the first game that he's uh, had to miss this season. I think that Cancelo will definitely come back into that team uh, going into the weekend, providing that there's no postponements or whatever. So, I think a lot of FPL managers, as I say, will have Cancelo and, and you know, having that double up of Man City attackers is is never a bad option. I think you will either go, I mean, like if you can't quite stretch the budget, I would suggest maybe doubling up on some of the cheaper attacking options, whether it be, you know, Bernardo, Gundogan. I think Foden is someone who is uh, very appealing. I think some FPL managers might have even been looking at the likes of Raheem Sterling uh, going into this game. Uh, obviously, he was rested as well. So it was a very good game from Manchester City's perspective. I think Leeds are, you know, going through that sort of second season syndrome, as they like to call it. I think KDB, there's absolutely no doubt that if, you know, AFCON goes ahead with COVID and everything that's happening at the moment, then the, the switch from Salah to, to KDB is is a simple one, as you say. And I think Bruno Fernandes at the moment, not quite living up to where he was last season. I think the introduction of Ronaldo into that side and now the fact that it seems as if Ronaldo is going to be the, the main penalty taker for United as well, is, you know, even further lowering the uh, attractiveness of Bruno Fernandes in terms of FPL. So, yeah, I think KDB and, and that City side, I think the one word to describe Manchester City, certainly in games like this, is just the ruthlessness and, and the way that they go for the throw. And this, when they see that a team is weak and, and fragile uh, defensively, then they will go and attack them and try to score as many goals as, as possible. And I think, you know, KDB's been, not just this season, but over the last couple of seasons, he's been plagued with uh, injuries as well. And, and so he hasn't perhaps quite reached the heights of, of where he was a, a few years ago. But, you know, if he can stay fit now that he's had, you know, quite a bit of rest and, and provided that 
you know, COVID again doesn't impact the the Manchester City camp too much, then certainly over the Christmas period and, you know, going into New Year, there are some very appetising fixtures for that Manchester City side. And there's absolutely no reason why KDB can't be the go-to player. Exactly. And, And getting him in might be important. Although we say that, I think Son as well is someone that once Spurs are playing again and once Son's out of isolation... Definitely someone that we're going to want to bring back in. It's it's very quick how we forget the players that we were very reliant on. But I can easily see something happening. For example, where I go Jota down, Jota to Son and one of my defenders to to Robertson. I think I've probably got enough money to do that. I've got loads of it. I've got bags of money because I've only got one premium and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I think it's hard at the moment to pick. I don't know. I'm struggling a lot with COVID and I'm struggling a lot thinking about the weekend because... I was going to say, I've just seen some news that Frank wants the whole weekend called off. Um, the, the Brentford manager, he's saying that he wants all of the games to be called off and for there to be, again, like another, I'm going to use this term, but circuit breaker, just, just for things to stop. And it means that you can't really make plans. I was looking at my team and I was thinking, what would I do in an ideal situation? And there's a bunch of transfers I'd like to do, but I just can't do them because I don't know what to do. And there's so many hidden gems that you'd want to get on. There's so many interesting players that are worth a punt that that we're just not going for or not even talking about or considering. I think when I'm saying this, I'm thinking specifically about Arsenal, where not just Ramsdale, who is far superior to Guaita in every single way. um, And I will not have, I will not, I will never listen to anyone who ever tells me that Guaita is a good blooming pick ever again. He's been a total disaster. But I'm talking six foot two, Tommy Asu, Jack. I'm talking Tierney. I'm talking even Gallagher to an extent who who I haven't been able to... Oh gosh, I'm picking Crystal Palace assets. But like, <laughs> but there are so many assets that you sort of... The, if we were playing a normal regular season, it would be fun to, to talk about, fun to see if we can get on, fun to see if we can move towards. But at the moment, all of our transfers seem to be just us reacting to, to, to bad news, like COVID postponements or people testing positive or red cards that are happening. I don't know. For me, it's not as fun and I'm not enjoying it so much. And it sort of, it makes it worse for the season. And do you know what it's going to mean, though? It's going to mean that there are a bunch of double and potentially even triple game weeks coming down the line where we may get rewarded for being patient players who have held our triple captains, who have held our bench boosts. But it will still be testing and there will still be so much rotation and so much terrible stuff going on that that it's hard to, I don't know. I, for me, I'm already sort of starting to think that this season's a bit of a write-off, but um, but maybe I'm just being too negative after a couple of bad game weeks, you know. I, I will also say that you said something just now about um, wanting to get one United attacker. And we probably should talk about some of the football that's happened. There's been a lot of it. Personally, for me, I've watched United now. I watched them against Norwich. I've, I think that they're just rubbish in attack. And I don't think you want an attacker at any of the price points. I was thinking, at what price point would you want Sancho or Bruno Fernandes or Rashford? And they're not they're not worth the premium prices that they're currently at. And, and I don't even think that they're necessarily at super premium prices now. I mean, Sancho's, what, 8.9? Um, not worth it. Rashford, 9.5-ish, not worth it. Bruno, I think he wouldn't even be worth it if he was 9 mil, you know? So I'm not I'm not fancying their assets. And personally, I'm just trying to find players that play games and and, and potentially cheap so that you don't get upset when they don't play. Um, gosh, bit of a disaster, Dak. Bit of a disaster. I've ranted a bit about the season there. I hope that's all right. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you, before we sort of finish up, maybe talk about some of the fixtures that are going to get cancelled this game week. I wanted to ask you, at this point in the season, we're halfway through, who's looking like relegation candidates to you? Because it's important to us as, as managers to pick the weak teams, right? We want to we want to identify who's weak. We want to identify who's playing against those teams. And we want to bring those players in and captain them if possible. Who, for you, are looking like the weakest teams in the league right now? Uh, I think certainly, you know, the likes of Norwich and Newcastle. Um, I think, you know, both sides just not scoring enough goals, really. Um and I think that, you know, Newcastle obviously, you know, only having picked up their first win of the season um, a few weeks back against Burnley at, at home, albeit just for, just by the one goal. But I think that, you know, they need to start finding those points quickly. Um, I can see, you know, Burnley struggling. I can see certainly at the moment, you know, Leeds being dragged down into the relegation picture, although they are still five points clear. Again, it's a, a symptom of, you know, last season as well where we saw that although Leeds were very attacking and, and very expressive in the way that they played they would leak quite a few goals from time to time and I think that we're we're seeing that again you know they, they conceded seven against Manchester City arguably you know one of the best teams in the league fair enough but they still conceded quite a few goals um, it's one of those where you know, it's I, I I think that there are certainly you know five or six teams who sh- need to be looking over their shoulder and worrying about a potential relegation scrap in about ten twelve weeks time when 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 we get into you know sort of February March time. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I, like I say, I think Norwich and Newcastle are going to be scrapping with each other to you know essentially avoid being awarded the wooden spoon. I think again, as I say, Burnley could quite easily be dragged down into that conversation they are only one point uh, above those two teams on on 11 so they, they do have about six games in hand though don't they Burnley <laughs> yeah but I mean one of those games is against Spurs and, and you wouldn't expect them to pick up any points uh, against Spurs so I don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see it's very difficult to to predict I think we're still very early on in the season you know I guess we're coming up to the halfway point now but you know it's still anybody's game and I think it's it's very tight at the bottom of the league. I think the likes of, you know, Brentford, Brighton are okay with their positions at the moment. Everton getting dragged down into it. I don't want to say that Everton will ever get relegated, but again, only one win in their last four and it's not looking too good for for that Everton side. We started off the season so well, but potentially uh, when DCL returns to that side, maybe they'll be able to find a bit more impetus in front of goal and actually start picking up their on, on their goal-scoring exploits. So... Yeah, I think it's still, you know, it's going to be between the likes of, you know, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton could even still get dragged down into it. I know you obviously are a big fan of Southampton being relegated uh, this season. But as I say, Leeds, again, need to be looking over their shoulder. They need, uh, again, you know, they bought Patrick Bamford back. And, and of course, he scored when he was brought back into the action against Brentford when they drew 2-2. But he subsequently, again, just agitated that injury and, and now is out for a, a few more weeks. So I think they need to slowly ease Patrick Bamford into, into action rather than rushing him back. And, you know, then maybe he can start scoring goals and getting results for that Leeds side. Watford, as good as they have been defensively, it's not been great for them. So I think it's any three of six teams I'm looking at at the moment could or potentially uh, find themselves in a bit of a relegation scrap come the end of the season. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I actually did bring it up because after yesterday's game where Crystal Palace drew 2-2 with, with Southampton, I 
Crystal Palace went 1-0 up and then subsequently went 2-1 down. And in the period that they were 1-0 up for, I saw a lot of people saying that Southampton were going to get relegated, that their manager wasn't good enough and that they sh- that he should be fired. And I thought it was so on point with what I want to hear, but but so reactionary that um, uh, that I looked at the table and I started looking at these teams that we want to target and think about, and gosh, there's just so there's just so many poor teams in the league at the moment, or it feels like there's so many teams that play so badly that it's really quite easy to target them. Um, I don't even think Norwich are that are that poor. They they almost kept a clean sheet and got a good nil nil against United. Um, but but Southampton seem to concede a load every game. Everton look completely lost on the pitch. Newcastle completely lost on the pitch. The, Leeds completely lost on the pitch. There's so many teams in this in this scrap that that I'm, I think it's very interesting and um, worth worth finding those runs. I mean, the example that I want to give is that even though Antonio has been really really poor recently his run of Norwich Southampton Watford Crystal Palace and Leeds that's just outrageous and I'm saying I'm just saying fixture uh, fixtures over form at the moment and I think picking these players identifying the players who have weak teams to play against could be really key in trying to make up the differential that's been caused by all of these COVID outbreaks and all of these losses that we've taken through randomness it could be recovered via this sort of thinking, this sort of attitude, trying to pick the good fixtures and and the players who are going to potentially score in them and, and, and do well moving forward. So something to keep our mind on, something to think about. And I think speaking of fixtures, um, we'll run through we'll run through the weekend's fixtures. Personally, Jack, I reckon they all get cancelled. So what's the point? <laughs> it's all going to get binned off anyway. But we can potentially try and identify the ones that won't get called off. I mean, Saturday, Man United... Play Brighton in the early kickoff. Who knows what's going to happen there? BT Sport have it, and and there has been some suggestion, especially from Brendan Rodgers, that the TV companies are almost dictating which games get cancelled and, and which games get pushed to, to still be on. I think it'd be very, it'd be a big push if, if United, after cancelling a game a couple of days prior, managed to be able to be ready to play a game against Brighton. But we'll see, I suppose. So Manly play Brighton, Aston Villa play Burnley. As far as I'm aware, both those teams are fine. Southampton play Brentford, and. and I think Brentford have kept their COVID issues under the radar, but I've seen suggestions online that Brentford are pretty integral to, to the whole COVID outbreak. They they played Spurs and someone suggested that Tony gave it to Emerson Royal, who gave it to the whole Spurs squad. A lot of that going on. Then Watford play Crystal Palace. Again, Watford, bit of a problem team at the moment in terms of COVID. West Ham play Norwich. And again, Norwich, a bit of an issue. And Leeds play Arsenal. And both those teams are fine. And then on Sunday, Everton play Leicester, who... That's just a battle of two teams that are ravaged by injury and poor form. Well, not poor form. I think Leicester picked it up recently. Wolves play Chelsea, which is a game that should be fine. Newcastle play Man City and Spurs play Liverpool. Um, And I think the Spurs game will probably be on, given that the Spurs game is on this evening. So a couple of games on Saturday that are probably going to get cancelled, in my opinion. I think Man United, Brighton looks in doubt. Watford, Crystal Palace could be in doubt. And Norwich, West Ham could be in doubt. Um, And Brentford, Southampton. Overall, some juicy fixtures. I mean, the second day of that week, the the, the Sunday games look a lot more important to my team. Um, what, what are you thinking when you sort of look at the fixtures for next week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of the fixtures that you've mentioned in terms of potentially being called off could still be called off. You know, there's a bit of question marks over the United game, of course. And I think, uh, you know, some FPL managers would have gotten rid of Ronaldo. Some would have kept him on their bench. 
we'll see how that pans out. I think you know, it's expensive bench fodder, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I think that that's potential. I think that that's one of the main reasons why I decided to take another minus four because I just couldn't couldn't sit with the fact of having you know a twelve point five million or whatever twelve point four million at the time you know player on on my bench. So I think yeah, as you say the. The Southampton-Brentford game, I think that there's some murmurings of Brentford potentially uh, recording a few more positive cases um, today or, or last night. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. The Norwich game could be in doubt. The Watford game could be in doubt. I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? I think, as you say, the, the Sunday fixtures are certainly more appealing from an FBL perspective with the likes of Chelsea, City and Liverpool playing. And, of course, maybe Spurs uh, assets coming back into the picture now that they've... Uh, if the game does still go ahead tonight against uh, Leicester, then definitely this game will go ahead. And, and you know, you could see the likes of Hume Minson uh, feature in some in, in some teams, although it will be against Liverpool, who aren't going to let you score easily. So, yeah, I think... The, the game that a lot of people are looking at, certainly from an FPL perspective, is, of course, the, the Newcastle versus Manchester City game because, as we say, Newcastle have been so poor and, and will be reeling from the fact that they are going to be, uh, you know, conceding six goals against Mo Salah this evening. So we'll have to wait and see on that one whether or not any of the Manchester City boys do come into my squad. I'm a bit apprehensive to make any changes given how bad this week has gone so I do want to maybe at least wait until you know the deadline 11 o'clock on on Saturday this week so I do want to maybe at least hold off until just before the deadline until making my transfers in case we do get any news about cancellations and, and I don't just go head first into making changes without knowing uh, what games are going to be called off so as much as I would like to bring in the likes of you know Foden into my into my side immediately I, I do want to just uh hold off for a moment and, and see what happens. I like that. Do you know what I'm thinking, Jack? I'm thinking that I'm going to finally chuck Guiter out of the out of the ba- basket, out of the team. I'm sick of him. And um, I know that they say... To bring in Ramsdale. Bring in Ramsdale. <laughs> I just wish I'd done it. I wish... This is the thing, and we haven't had a lot of time to talk about loads of things, but I remember when I had the Arsenal double up earlier this season, and then I got rid of it, and I decided that my goalkeeper was going to be Guiter instead of Ramsdale. And I just don't know why I decided that. I don't know why I went from believing so firmly in the defensive double up at Arsenal to not even wanting their goalkeeper. It was oh, disaster. Disaster struck. I think I'm going to be the same. I think I'm going to take it easy. Um, keep the captain potentially on Salah, depending on how Spurs look this evening and whether they have players that can play. I mean, any game where Deli Ali is rumoured to be in the starting eleven is a game where you want to back the other team to win, right? The team that are playing against Deli Ali, because the guy is he has dropped off, which is a bit of a shame, really, for him. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hold the transfer as long as possible, see what the news is. But, gosh, I, I might just make a goalkeeper transfer, especially if the Watford game looks to be going the way of... looks like it's going to get called off, then, I don't know, it just makes sense. And at the moment, I'm thinking about the teams that seem to be handling COVID cases a lot better than the other teams. Because it does seem that that some teams are a lot worse at handling it and have poor protocol or players that aren't as disciplined. Whereas other teams like Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, no problem at all for them, is it? Um, or, or even Aston Villa. Aston Villa looked to, and, and Brighton, they look to have proper good, everything in order, effectively. Whereas there are some teams that are completely shambles. So 
That's what I'm doing. Um, I suppose you're captaining Salah as well against Newcastle. Uh, no, no, hang on. That's already happening. <laughs> I suppose you're captaining Salah as well against Spurs. But is there any other potentials here? I mean, Foden slash Bernardo against Newcastle doesn't look terrible, does it? No, it doesn't. I, I think an outside punt would potentially be Cancelo against Newcastle. Because I, like I said earlier, I can see him being slotted straight back into that uh, Manchester City side. Um, you know, he was only missing for one game via uh, the yellow cards, accumulating five yellow cards and, and having to uh, miss that game. And it's, as I said earlier, it's the first game he's missed all season. I think Pep really likes him. I think he can do the business against this Newcastle side who have been so defensively frail throughout the entire season. Um, and, you know, I, I think that he could be a very a very risky outside punt. But again, it's, it's whether or not you want to go against the likes of Mo Salah. Yes, I know that perhaps there's not going to be a, a standout captaincy option. Certainly, you know, if um, if the United game doesn't get played, um, then, you know, I think a lot of FPL managers are just going to be sticking it on the likes of Salah. If it does go ahead, then I can see some people potentially putting the armband on the likes of Ronaldo. But for me, I, I think I'm leaving it on Salah. I think he's been just so consistent against any team that he's played uh, this season that it would be rude not to continue captaining him at least up until he goes off to the African Cup of Nations, uh, which I think is now scheduled to begin. Uh, what is it? January 8th, I believe, is is the scheduled start date for that competition. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, whether or not that does still go ahead and whether or not he features. But certainly, I think up until then, it's going to be Captain Salah for me all the way. Captain Salah all the way. Don't get fancy. Captain Salah uh, in the wise worlds of the uh, the five-time chess grandmaster. Who actually, do you know what? He brought in Sterling this week. So he's not a complete genius, is he? Is Marcus Carson. <laughs> in, a, in a game where Man City won 7-0, Sterling didn't come off the bench and he didn't get a single point. So Magnus Carlsen, you might be good at chess, but uh, you're a less good at fantasy football, at least at the moment. I think we'll end it there, if that's all right. So catch us next week, where we'll be talking about a whole host of fixtures that didn't go ahead this weekend because of random COVID cancellations and how Diego Dalot is, is, the, is the king of the game week, which I honestly can't wait for.